0: This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our Top Stories Annual inflation in America eased slightly in July, dipping from 9.1% in June to 8.5%. The number raises hopes that American inflation has peaked. Overall consumer prices stayed flat from June to July, While the prices of gas and other commodities have fallen in recent weeks But the rate is still close to America's highest in four decades And prices for housing and food are still rising Donald Trump refused to answer questions under oath While being deposed by the New York State Attorney General As part of a civil investigation into his family's business accounts Mr. Trump said in a statement that he had invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. The investigation runs parallel to one by the FBI allegedly related to Mr. Trump's activities after he left office. China announced an end to military drills around Taiwan, but said regular patrols would continue in the Taiwan Strait. Separately, China's Taiwan Affairs Office published its first white paper on Taiwan in 22 years. Compared with older versions of the document from 1993 and 2000, the paper drops China's previous promise not to deploy its soldiers in Taiwan after it has been, quote, reunified with the mainland. SoftBank said it would reduce its stake in Alibaba, a Chinese e-commerce giant, by unloading $22 billion worth of shares. The Japanese investment group said its holdings in the company would shrink to 14.6% in September, down from 23.7% at the end of June. The decision came two days after SoftBank posted its largest-ever quarterly loss of $23.4 billion, prompting San Masayoshi, the firm's boss, to say that, quote, dramatic cost-cutting was on the cards. Federal prosecutors in America charged a member of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps with plotting to assassinate John Bolton, Donald Trump's former national security advisor. American officials said the planned killing was probably intended as retaliation for the death of Qassam Soleimani the head of the IRGC's foreign operations arm, whom America killed in 2020. The Justice Department said the suspect, Shahram Porsafi, is currently abroad. Russian shelling killed at least 13 people in the Dni region of central Ukraine, according to Ukrainian authorities. Separately, Energo Atom, a Ukrainian state nuclear power operator, warned that Russia intends to sever the connection between the Zaporizhia nuclear plant and Ukraine's power grid and connect it to Russia's instead. That requires a technically difficult process with potentially disastrous consequences, warned Energo boss. Early results from Kenya's presidential election suggested a tight race between the two leading candidates, William Ruto, the deputy president, and Ralia Odinga, the opposition leader. Turnout was low, and the election commission now has up to a week to declare the winner. Recent elections have been scarred by violence after the result was announced. And fact of the day, 46%. The share of American teenagers who are, quote, almost constantly online. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Ukraine's allies gather in Copenhagen. The Danish military will train Ukrainian soldiers in Britain. That announcement came ahead of a meeting of allies in Copenhagen on Thursday, hosted by three countries. Defense ministers from 15 European countries, plus America and Canada, will discuss further military support for Ukraine. The conference comes as Western aid continues to bolster Ukraine's defenses. On Monday, America pledged a further $1 billion in military assistance, including more ammunition for the HIMARS rocket launchers, which have pounded Russian positions. The fighting in the east and south of Ukraine remains finely balanced, although Ukraine appears to be mustering forces for a counteroffensive to retake the occupied city of Kherson. The conference highlights a second aspect of Vladimir Putin's war. By invading Ukraine, Russia wished to stop any more countries joining NATO. But Finland and Sweden are now on the cusp of membership. Britain continues to play a vital role in European security, despite tensions with the EU. Mr. Putin's invasion has transformed Europe's security architecture, just not as he would have hoped. when the Chinese chips are down. China's most advanced chipmaker, Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corporation, SMIC, reports its second quarter results on Thursday. Amid signs of a slowdown in the chip market, they will be closely watched by both investors and politicians. Computer chips are important for everything from washing machines to cars to cruise missiles and fighter jets. China has long held ambitions to build a cutting-edge chips industry. But American sanctions, begun under Donald Trump and continued by President Joe Biden, are designed to deny China's access to the latest chip-making technology. In July, it emerged that SMIC had worked out how to make advanced 7-nanometer chips. Smaller components mean better chips though the figures bear little relation to the physical characteristics of the chips themselves. That puts SMIC about half a decade behind TSMC, a Taiwanese firm, and Samsung, a Korean one. The significance of SMIC's achievement is not yet clear. It may be that only some components of the new chips have been shrunk. And without access to the latest extreme ultraviolet lithography tools, made in the Netherlands, It is unclear how much further SMIC can push its products. An electric vehicle startup slows down. Rivian's promise of powerful green electric trucks was so thrilling that nearly 50,000 people placed an order before any had been delivered. The firm became a Wall Street sensation in 2021. Its valuation zoomed above $100 billion in the biggest IPO of the year. But its shares have crashed by nearly two-thirds this year, and its second-quarter earnings due on Thursday will demonstrate more breaking than accelerating. Rivian's problems are familiar. Supply chain woes and high inflation are leaving the company unable to meet sky-high demand. Other electric car-making startups, such as Arrival and Lordstown Motors, are also struggling. Despite Rivian's impressive order book, which has 90,000 customers waiting, in the first quarter of the year just 2,553 trucks rolled off its assembly line. It chalked up a $1.6 billion loss. Now it is facing a cost crunch, obliging it to lay off 6% of its workforce. Litigating Golf's Civil War Two months ago, a group of elite professional golfers broke away from the American run PGA Tour to compete in Live Golf, a lucrative series of tournaments bankrolled by the government of Saudi Arabia. Some of them have resigned from the PGA Tour, others had their membership suspended. Before signing up to Live, nearly a dozen players had qualified to play in the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup playoffs which begin on Thursday in Tennessee, only to be banned by the tour. Three of them contested the ban, but on Wednesday, a federal judge in America upheld it. On August 3rd, players in Live who remain suspended by the PGA Tour filed an antitrust lawsuit against it, accusing it of behaving monopolistically and harming their careers. The PGA Tour denies this. The antitrust case could take up to two years to resolve. In the meantime, as the two tours run in parallel, the mutual enmity will only deepen. Televising Indian Matchmaking Love has no off-season, declared Netflix in March, as it announced a lineup of eight reality dating shows. Among them was a second season of Indian matchmaking. The show, which has just been released, features Sima a charismatic, quote, marriage consultant from Mumbai, who uses profiles, like those on dating apps, which she calls, quote, biodatas, and astrology to pair up singletons in India and its diaspora. The first series, also directed by Smithy Mundra, a filmmaker who met Miss Tabaria during her own quest for love, intrigued foreign audiences unfamiliar with Indian family values and arranged marriages. Despite complaints about its roster of wealthy, high-caste, heterosexual subjects, Indian Matchmaking was nominated for an Emmy last year. Having succeeded with this coupling of tradition and reality television, Netflix will soon be serving up Jewish matchmaking in which a matchmaker known as a Shad Khan introduces hopefuls in America and Israel. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quiz espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which Australian conservationist and television personality was killed by a stingray in 2006? Wednesday. Which novelist wrote Heart of Darkness, a book loosely adapted as the film Apocalypse Now? Finally, here's the quote of the day from V.S. Naipaul, who died on this day in 2018. My life is short. I can't listen to banality. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app.